Good morning, everyone. Oh, I'm already out of my rhythm. This is weird. But it's great. Yay. So our scripture reading this morning comes from that cheerful book known as Revelation. And I will be reading from the, the seventh chapter. And the author of Revelation is St. John, the same one who wrote the gospel according to John. So these are his words. After this, I, John, looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread out his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb at the center before the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, may all that we do and say in this day be well and good in your sight. Amen. So the world has been watching for the last two weeks, the Beijing 2022 Olympics. How many of you have been watching this year? Yes, yes, the world has been watching and today it comes to an end with their closing ceremony and I think it's probably already happened since China is like way on the other side of the world but we get to enjoy the closing ceremonies tonight. So typically with the Olympics, we get that amazing time where we get to enjoy the pageantry and the drama and the controversy and the heartbreak and the joy that seems to come within these two weeks of the Olympic Games. If you have been watching, you have watched the heartbreak of Michaela Schifrin, arguably one of the greatest female skiers ever in the Olympics, and in her first two events she did what they call a ski out, just seconds into her run, automatically disqualifying her. She had other events to go throughout the, throughout the two weeks, but it was definitely a disappointing, heartbreaking time, and, and the world watched as her second ski out, she sat on the side of the course in disbelief in the snow, just sitting there in her grief and in her sadness, and the world watched her heartbreak. 
Of course, we've also been hearing about the 15-year-old Russian Olympic skater who perhaps, well, she's not perhaps, but who did get uh, tested for a banned substance. And we have watched that whole controversy unfold, yet we also have to sit there and wonder, how is it that this happened to a 15-year-old? There's questions that have to be asked there, what's going on, and we have watched her frustration, and we have watched the frustration of the other athletes competing with her. And then we have watched the, the joy and also the sadness of an amazing career come to an end as Sean White, also known as the Flying Tomato, one of the best snowboarders ever, to conclude his Olympic career at the age of 35, having started as a teenager, and now being the age that he was, being beaten out by all these young men who once watched him and who were inspired by him and who got to the place they did because of him. And then we also watched as some of those in the older generations, our very, Michigan's very own Nick Baumgartner, won a medal. Yes, let's give it up for Nick. Absolutely, 40-year-old Nick from Iron River, Michigan, won in a snowboard competition. How cool is that? The oldest Olympian right now competing in the games is 49-year-old Claudia Peckstein from Germany. And I'm curious, does anyone happen to know who the oldest Olympian ever was? Throw out some numbers, throw out some ages. 81. 81, you're pretty, you're sort of close, actually. Believe it or not, it's sort of, yeah. So 72 and a half year old Olympian from Sweden, Oscar Schwann. Not only the oldest competitor, but the oldest gold medalist, too, in the 1920 Olympics. So hey, there's still hope for some of us older ones to uh, find our calling into some Olympic sport. But at the heart of the Olympic Games is the Olympic ideal. And I believe that the Olympic ideal is a microcosm of God's kingdom. There's peace, there's unity, there's reconciliation, there's harmony, and there's encouragement. And it knows no bounds, it knows no countries, it knows no limits. At the beginning of, of the two weeks, the world watches as the parade of nations comes into the stadium and everyone is so excited and everyone is cheering for one another as they, they proudly carry their different flags, yet they're all there under the same banner of peace and harmony. And the world watches as the world comes together. So I'm curious, have you ever heard of the Olympic truce? Anybody? No? I hadn't heard of it either until recently. So the Olympic truce was established in ancient Greece in the 9th century BC by the signature of a treaty between three kings. And during this truce period, athletes, artists, and their families could travel in total safety to participate in or attend the Olympic Games and return afterwards to their respective countries. Now, through the Olympic, the International Olympic Truce Foundation, the IOC aims to encourage political leaders to act in favor of peace, organize conferences on sport and peace, mobilize young people 
for the promotion of the Olympic ideals, develop initiatives with other organizations specializing in the field of peace, including the United Nations, develop educational and research programs to promote the Olympic truce, and more generally, to create a window of opportunity for dialogue and reconciliation separate from any religious, economic, or political influence. Since 1993, the United Nations General Assembly has repeatedly expressed its support for the Olympic truce ideal and for the IOC's mission by adopting every two years, one year before each edition of the Olympic Games, a resolution entitled Building a Peaceful and Better World through sport and the Olympic ideal. IOC President Thomas Bach explained the importance of the IOC's politically neutral stance and the Olympic Games as being an ally to all in promoting peace and human rights. And this is what he says. In order for our actions on peace and human rights to be successful, we need, to we need the respect of politics for our mission. Because if this is not respected, then the Olympic Games would become as divisive as so many other areas of society today. The Olympic Games would lose their unifying power, and it would just not be possible for us to bring together the world in peaceful competition. So here we are, at the close of the 2022 Olympic Games, and the world is watching and holding our collective breaths to see what will happen between Russia and the Ukraine. Is it possible that the Olympic truce is what has kept Russia at bay for the past two weeks? Perhaps. But my question is this. Why is it that we cannot hold fast to the Olympic truce every single day 365 days, year in and year out. Why do we need to hold on to peace for only two weeks every two to four years? But all the time in between, re peace and reconciliation and human dignity just doesn't seem to matter. This is one of the thousands of reasons why we need God, my friends. This is why we need to trust in his promises. This is why we need to be reminded of the truth of his kingdom that shows us a place where every people, nation, tribe, and tongue will be gathered around his throne in peace and harmony, doing nothing but praising his worthiness, the worthiness of Jesus Christ. And it's because of Jesus Christ that God's kingdom is even possible to begin with. For the Olympic athletes, it's a lifetime of dedication to a dream with the hopes of standing on a podium, yet also finding contentment in simply being able to compete at a world-class level and on the international stage. They are using their God-given gifts to display to the world what is possible. What is the dream of the Christian church? What are our hopes for the church and for our communities, for God's kingdom? Are we using the gifts 
that God has given us to make this world a better place. This community of Rosedale has adopted the phrase as hope begins here, as our mantra for 2022. As world superpowers get cranky, as divisiveness continues over all things COVID, as infighting continues among family members, we as Christ followers need to declare our own Olympic truce that has no end date. And we will show all the world with our words and our actions that hope can be found with Jesus and the church. Here is where hope begins. Thomas Jefferson once said, whenever you do a thing, act as if the world were watching. So do a thing in the name of Jesus and make sure that thing you do is worthy of Jesus and his love for you because indeed the whole world is watching. Amen.